0: Okay, the Holy Spirit wanted me to go over this again. The three things that when Pastor Justin came to me back in 2018, and he wanted us to have a team of 500 individuals you know, going out and doing things in the community. And I always joked with them because I thought it was 500 different outreaches. And I was like, oh, Lord. But it was everybody in the church being involved in their sphere of influence. And uh, the Lord showed it to me as a weight trying to pull on a pulley. That was a heavy weight, and I couldn't pull it myself. So I had to, in in the dream, I had to get everyone else come and pull it with me, right? And uh, he says, I'm going to give to everybody in this church. I'm going to encounter everybody in this church, because we're talking about encounters. As you're reading the Word of God, as you're going to your workplace, and as you're spending time with the Lord in prayer and you're fasting, I'm going to give encounters to you, encounters, okay? I'm going to set them up, Okay. And then they're going to come and tell you, and then we'll pray about it, right? And then we'll work with it, right? And then, of course, Tanya, oh my goodness, mothers with multiples, right? And that thing just took off with what she's doing. And so um, the Holy Spirit wants me to go over the three things that He shared with me. And let's go to uh, the book of John. We're going to go to the 17th chapter, okay? And you are a carrier of God's presence. And one of the things I argued with when... Um, COVID came out was as they were saying that churches could be carrier of the curse. I didn't like that. Now, and that's all I'm going to say. But I will say this. You are a carrier of the presence of God. I am a carrier of the blessing. I'm going to say this again. I believe this. I mean, I go over this. I am carrier of the presence. Okay, John 17. Okay, and we're going to go to verse 23. Now, this is Jesus talking. I'm in you. That that should just make you shout right there. I'm in you. I'm in them. And thou art in me, Father. Oh, my goodness. So that they may be made perfect in one. You in the Jesus. In Jesus, in the Father. Oh, all of us together. All of us joined together. Okay. To be with me where I am. Well, where's Jesus? He's seated at the right hand of the Father. You're seated with Jesus. I'm going to say it again. You're seated with Jesus. You're a partaker with Jesus. Okay? That's where he is right now. Okay? So that you may behold my glory, which thou they may behold it, that you've given me. And there's that word love. For thou lovest me before the foundation of the world. Before Adam fell. Right? You raised and you seated us. And then verse 25. O righteous Father, the world hath not known thee, but I have known thee. And these have known that thou hast sent me. And I have declared unto them my name. And will declare it. <laughs> turn the page. It. Okay. That the love wherewith thou hast loved me, it will be in you. And I will be in you. Now, Once you begin to realize you're a carrier of the presence of the Lord, right? You begin to realize you're not alone. That's what he told Joshua. Go, take. I've commanded it. The Lord has decreed it. We've heard it. Let's go. Let's do it, okay? Now, it's at the leading of the Holy Spirit, and we do it by love, right? Wise to the serpent, gentle as a dove, right? Listening to the Holy Spirit, always reacting in situations when they come. But 1 John 5, 4, right? This is how we overcome faith, right? Hey, we got faith, folks. We overcome, right, in the name of Jesus. But you're a carrier of the presence of the Lord. And in John 15, Jesus talks about if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will speak and it will happen. You'll ask and it will happen. Powerful. It's just powerful. And when I went over that, I just cried because all of a sudden I realized, God has decided that he wants to show his glory in the earth, in the image of Jesus, but he wants to do it through the body of Jesus, which is you. And that's what he's decided to do. That's why he wants to do it. Well, how come we don't see God? It's because the church isn't being like John 15. We're not abiding in the word and listening to the Holy Spirit and let Him use us. Now, I know a lot of you in here have been doing that, and you've been seeing some success with the Lord in that. I mean, that's how the Father wants to reveal his glory, is in us. With Jesus, well, how do you know there's a God? Me, right here, I, right here, you know. And uh, it just excites me. The second thing the Holy Spirit wanted to tell me, to have to reveal to you, is in Isaiah 50 verses 4 and 5. So let's go to Isaiah 50. Isaiah 50, verse 4 and 5. Powerful, powerful set of scriptures. The Lord God, the covenant general, okay, the one who's decided this, okay, has given or has assigned to you, given you orders, okay. You've been given orders, okay. The Lord God, the commanding general, has given you orders. He's given you an assignment, okay. He's given it to you. He's given you the tongue, the covenant tongue, the instrument to be used in battle. The instrument to be used on this earth. So the Lord God hath given me the tongue of the learned. Right? You're a disciple. You've been trained in the Lord. So he's given you the weapon that you've been training in. And he wants you to speak it and decree it. Right? That's what he wants you to do. That's how the kingdom of heaven operates. That's how faith works. You receive it. You believe it. And you decree it. And it comes out. That's how, that's how heaven works. Okay. So that I should know how to speak a word in season. That's powerful. When I saw that, you have something to say. The Lord is living on the inside of you. He's in there. Okay, you're a carrier of his presence. And if you'll be patient as you go out your day to day, you'll start starting to pick up on things. And we were singing lenses, right? The lens of the Lord, the eyes of the Lord. Oh, you'll start seeing things and hearing things from the Holy Spirit. You'll start picking things up. And then when you get in a situation, you'll wait a while for the Holy Spirit to give you an entrance. Particularly if you're dealing with somebody, you wait for the entrance. You wait for the entrance. And then when it comes, that's when you speak the word. And that word will come in season. He's promised he'll give you that word in season. Why is he doing this? Why are you giving us these words, Lord? Why are you? And it comes from encounters. Why are you setting up encounters? Because I want you to give a a word in season to him who's weary. To, who, to him who's been spoiled by the enemy. okay, That's what this is all about. Man, when I saw that, I began to find all the scriptures I could about tongue and mouth and, and response and things like that. How do you respond to a, a person in a situation? How not to respond to a person to, in a situation? What's going to happen if you keep pushing something in a situation? And, you know, I, All these kinds of things that I was going over with the Lord in Proverbs. But he wants you to do that. Now, if you'll spend time with him... Every morning, he'll wake you up morning by morning, and he'll tell you, he'll give you an ear as the ear of the learned. And you'll begin to see through the eyes of Jesus. You'll begin to pick up the frequency of heaven. And uh, one of the exciting things that happened with Brother Danny and I a couple weeks ago with the girls was, okay, I ride out with the cops, okay? So a couple weeks ago, I ride out with the cops. And I'm sitting there in the roll call. And at the end of the roll call, the section sergeant hadn't been there the day before, so he wanted to know what happened, the previous ride-outs that they had had on their shifts, right? And everybody's saying certain things that happened. Well, one guy said that there was an arrest that was made of a 16- or 17-year-old girl, and um, that they had to take her to Kimbo. Uh-oh, ding, 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 ding. ding. My ears go up, okay? So after the roll call, I went over and I said, when did, when did this happen? And he said, just a couple days ago, right? Ah, Lord, she's going to be at Kimbo. Now, I've done this before when I've gone out and kids have been picked up. And then I pray, Lord, give me that opportunity for that encounter. Well, Sunday comes along. Danny and I are there. And who do we get to minister that day? We get to minister to the girls at Kimbo. And all the girls were there. And at the end, there was one particular girl that came up. And I'm telling you, Danny, didn't we feel the love of the Lord? I mean, the Holy Spirit just dropped on us. And uh, this girl just started crying uncontrollably and uh, wanted forgiveness. She accepted Jesus. And uh, I'm telling you, this, this is what this is about. This is what these encounters in your spheres of influences are about, right? And, um, Danny, it was the next day. I was walking, and we're praying. I'm walking back and forth, and the Holy Spirit says, you remember that girl that you asked to meet? Yeah, that was her. That was her. You know, and um, all those girls rededicated their lives to the Lord, but it was just so exciting to see that happen. You've got something to say. And the Holy Spirit will be there to back it up, okay? So these mornings that you're spending, this time that you're spending in prayer with the Lord, and you're going over these scriptures, okay? You know, rehearse them before the Lord and let the Holy Spirit begin to work with you, okay? And get those encounters with the Lord. Because as you go out there and as you go, to your daily work, or you go to the grocery store. You know, I was talking to Brother Tim the other day, wanting to do it. But what we've done at Walmart, singing while you're walking through Walmart, just humming and singing the love of the Lord, you know. I mean, the Lord's going to set these encounters up. And if you're sensitive, you'll hear them, right? Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. So, you're a carrier of the presence of God, right? And you have something to say. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, one of the other things... Uh, the chaplain that 's there for new day services, they allow us to come in, and everybody there loves us. You know in fact, when we got to do the Zoom, they requested us to do this, and I was so thankful to the Lord, but He sends us their prayer requests now, one of the other questions that the kids asked on Sunday was is, "Do we get their prayer requests because Chaplain Brown will send them out, and I said, yes, we do and From time to time, we send them out to our ecclesia, to our body of believers here at the church, and we pray for you. And even sometimes, we'll send a response, a one-page response back. That kid got up. He got so excited. He was walking around, because we did the boys this this week, and he was so excited. Where's Brother Eric? There he is up there. (laughs) Eric and Rashida were with us, and, and they were saying some youth lingo that I had no idea what they were saying. But... But those kids, they they were picking up on an op, you know, like, what's an op, you know, and and all these other things. And it's just like, and they were like, yeah, they were just eating it up. So, hallelujah. But, I mean, these are exciting times, aren't they? They're exciting things that we're doing, you know. And then, of course, we're doing the food outreaches. There's all these other things that we're doing. We got Brother Sean here, Sean Milton. I got to tell you something. I did a lot of outreaches, okay, a lot of outreaches when when we were in England, Cape Cod, and um, all over the place. Diego Garcia, but but Brother Sean, i got to tell you something. It's awesome going on the streets with you. It's awesome seeing you minister the Lord to people. And the Holy Spirit just come down as we're talking to people. It's just a wonderful, wonderful thing the Lord is doing in this body of believers. And I'm looking at winners right here. I'm looking at winners right here. Everybody here. And, you know, I'm looking forward to hearing testimonies. We all are. This is it, folks. This is the last days. This is the sliver of time the Lord's put us in. Now, isn't that exciting? And then the third thing the Lord wanted me to talk about was in Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5, and we'll go to uh, verse 16. Probably the one before that, but let's go to Matthew 5. Let me get over there. Um, I'll go to verse 15 and then verse 16. God, ah, let's just go to 14. Why not? I mean, you do the backtracking. <laughs> You are the light of the world. Now imagine Jesus saying that to us. You're the light of the world. Isn't that awesome? You're the light of the world. You are. A city that's set on a hill can't be hid. One of the things the old timers, the sages said about the temple when it sat on that hill um, is that they had the windows slit. And of course, it's got that golden there. So when the sun hit it just right, that thing just shined like a beacon. you know, And you could see it from... All over the place at certain times of the day when the sun would hit it. But you're the light of the world. You're the temple of the Lord. Hallelujah. Now, verse 15. So when you light a candle, when you turn on a light, right? Do you put it under a bushel? No, you put it on a candlestick. Why? So that it can give light unto all that are in the house. You're in the house. You're the light of God, right? Verse 16. Let your light so shine before men so that they may see your good works. And so that they may glorify your Father, which is in heaven. Hallelujah. Thank you so much, Lord. I thank you so much, Lord. And so, Father, I just want every individual here to realize, just go ahead and stick your hands out right now. I just want every individual to realize right now just how special they are just how much the Lord loves them. And Father, I thank you in the name of Jesus that every individual here is a light. Every individual here, you're setting up encounters, Lord. And I thank you, Holy Spirit, because we're not alone. And I thank you, Holy Spirit, that as they go out to their workplace, as they go home, as they go into the community, wherever they go, Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you, Lord, that you're with them. You are with them. And they have the lenses of the eyes of Jesus. And they have the ears that hear your voice. And I just thank you, Father, because I know right now that as they open their mouth, they'll be patient, they'll listen, and I thank you they'll receive from you, Holy Spirit, and they'll be used by you. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, one of the things I want to do here in my closing part here. Is in John chapter four. It's one of my favorite chapters, and it, I, it'll take some time to go through it. So I'm just going to paraphrase it and talk about it. But it was one of the most resounding set of scriptures that I, I just loved when I was reading that because Jesus is on his way from from Judea, right? He, he's going to go through Galilee, and he's got to go through some Samaria. I got to say this right, Samaria, and uh, he meets a woman, even though it looks like Sychar in the scriptures in the in the uh, Hebrew it's called suhar so okay so she's he goes to a city and there's a well and in Jesus is he's tired you know and he's sitting down and this lady comes up to the well and Jesus asks her for a drink now remember I'm telling you you wait for your opportunity right you just begin to engage in conversation and she looks at him of course you got to go all the way back to um, when Rehoboam was king and Jeroboam and the split in Israel. And they began, Jeroboam was afraid that the ten tribes of Israel would start going back to Judah, to go back to Jerusalem. And so they started worshiping on another mountain. Well, she sees Jesus all dressed up in his Judean type, you know, priestly rabbi rose. He says, how can you, being a Jew, you know, talk to me? being a woman from Samaria. So she's going to get back at Jesus, you know. I mean, they've, they've probably already been snobbed at, you know. Well, be patient. Just listen, you know, Jesus. Okay, you know, flack, that's all right. And so he begins to engage deeper in the conversation. And he begins to talk about wells of water springing up, wells of life springing up. And he used the, they use the word zoe in the Greek, which literally means what makes God, God. I mean, the very presence is, lit. the zoe is in you, Okay. And Jesus is talking about that and, and how they won't have to worship on this mountain or that mountain. But man, when the Holy Spirit comes in on the inside of you, woo, glory, you know, that's going to be the temple of the Lord. You're going to start worshiping me in spirit and truth, right? And um, she says, oh, I heard of the Messiah. Yeah, we call him the Christ. You know, he's the anointed one. And when he comes, he'll tell us all things. And then there's his interest. I'm the guy that's speaking to you. Now, he asks her to go bring her. Now, this is where the gifts of the Lord start coming in. Now, this is where the Holy Spirit kicks in. And um, he says, go get your husband. She says, well, I'm not married. He says, you're telling me the truth. You've had five husbands. And the dude you're staying with now isn't your husband, you know. And all of a sudden, her eyes just get really big. And and, uh, she's like, wow. She becomes the town evangelist. She goes into that town and just tells everybody about Jesus. And so they all come running. And then Jesus explains the process that you speak the word. It gets into somebody's heart. And then there's seed time and harvest. So sometimes you might give a word to somebody and they may not receive Jesus. But you've given them that word. So the ripening process starts, right? And it begins to ripen. And it begins to ripen. And one of the things we had fun was was when we were in Cape Cod... Charlene, we we, we went everywhere. I've been thrown out of movie theaters. I've been thrown out of shopping malls. I've been thrown out all these different places, you know. And when we were in Cape Cod, there was a a wife who had a husband. And she had been trying, what was it, 20 years? 20 years she'd been praying for her husband to get saved. And Charlene just happens to be there, you know. We we had a team that that went to that parking lot that day, to that mall. And um, she got She talked to him, and and he accepted Jesus that day. And tears are coming. Were she crying? I, I think she said it was 20 years that she had been waiting for that. So all those people that had been ministering to him, all the prayers that she had been ministering to that individual, right, it starts to ripen, right? And then when the fruit's ready, it gets picked. And that's what Jesus said. So I would just like you all to just be willing and obedient to hear the voice of the Lord, as you get encounters with Jesus, He's going to give you encounters out there. Don't be afraid; the Lord is with you. He's with you. If you got to take a second and breathe, just take a second, right? That's I had to learn to do that. I was always gun ho. I just jump right into it, and it's like, all right, settle down, just relax, let it flow, let it go, you know, and um, and just watch the miracles okay, Lord, there's one more miracle I'll share. then I'll let Brother Eric come up, one of the section sergeants at Kappa. this was a few years ago. He'd always pick on me. I'd come in the Lord had me come in early to sit there for twenty minutes and just read the word and talk to him just to start nipping at this guy, you know, getting the word in him and um, he wanted to get he, he was marrying this lady from another country, okay. But because of the relations going on with the government, they weren't allowing it to happen. And he was constantly frustrated. So finally, I prayed to the Lord about it. So I went up to this section sergeant and I said, can I ask you a question? He goes, what? Is it okay? I've been hearing you talk about this subject. Would it be okay if I prayed for you? And he kind of looked at me, mumbled a few things and said, yeah, all right, go ahead, whatever, you know. So I went before the Lord and I said, Lord, you know. This man, it, it, for, he wants to marry this lady from another country. The governments have been at it. They're not allowing it. Could you please do me a favor? Could you do me a favor, Lord? And uh, Yeah, I mean, could you do me a favor and uh, allow this guy to, get his, to, to, to have this happen? Well, it just so happens in the news that this country, should they say the country, Lord? It was Russia this country, decided for some reason to do a goodwill gesture to, to America and allow kids that wanted to be adopted and certain people that wanted to get married. And so for one week, they opened it up and allowed it to happen. So I come back about two weeks later and I do this ride out, you know, and there's that sergeant. So I come in early and he's just going like this and he's just mumbling all this stuff. I have no idea what's going on. And finally, he, he has one of his... The midnight sergeant that was with him, because I was going out in the morning, and he said, "I got to tell this." And I go, "What?" He says, "She's coming. The whole family gets to come, and they're coming." The prayer got answered. Now that was a witness, right? Now he didn't accept Jesus, but I know he will, right? Because this guy needs a lot of prayer, and um, <laughs> he does. He needs a lot of prayer, and uh, but but it was a nice it was a nice thing that the Lord did. So. I I say this to encourage you because I didn't do it. It was the Holy Spirit. I'm just listening to the Lord. And the Lord loves people so much. So it's time to to tag team now. I I tried to tell Eric it wouldn't take too long. So so God bless you. Amen.
1: (laughs) Whoa. Good evening. We're talking about encounters. And... Let's begin in Ephesians chapter 4. I want to share uh, some encounters that I've had in my life. Of course, we know that uh, we all encounter Jesus. And we should all have a story about that, about our encounter with Jesus. And, and uh, you know, but oftentimes, most all the time, not every time, Jesus uses a man or uses a woman, and I've had great encounters with men of God in my life, and when I was a a boy growing up in church, and I remember on Easter Sunday, 1979, that uh, there was a salvation call. Those of you never been born again. And I raised my hand as a five-year-old boy. And, and my mom uh, marched me up to the front. And I think I was the only one that went up that day. And uh, the pastor prayed the prayer with me. And I, I, I was born again that day, five years old. And, and you know, just growing up in church, we, you see, uh, we saw a lot of great things. Uh, moves of God, and uh, you know, we had testimony night where the microphones were up here, and people would come up and share testimonies how God healed them and and uh, delivered them and you know saved their kids and pulled them out of this. And I remember words of knowledge and words of wisdom that went forth, and just awesome moves of God. Well, when I was eight. I've told this story before, but it's my sermon, so tell it again. I was eight years old, and an evangelist came to town. We were in the gymnasium because we were doing a building program. And I remember this so vividly. Come up here if you want to be baptized in the Holy Spirit and fire. I was eight years old, and that sounded pretty good to me. I was just hungry for God, even as a little boy. So I went down and, and he was laying hands on people and he got to me and laid hands on me and, and I began to speak with other tongues and I, I, I went out in the spirit and, and lay, you know, lay on the ground for probably half an hour and I saw uh, visions of my life and that's when I, I got my call to preach and that day was a day that marked me but God used a man. I said, God used a man. And that, that man was obedient to do what God told him to do. And, and I, then I responded to that. Well, you know, put that down deep and ran from it for years and years and years. And until we moved to Michigan, uh, which, you know, I fought tooth and nail not to move to Michigan... Grew up in Louisiana, West Monroe, Louisiana. You, you would know that from, uh, if you've ever heard of Duck Dynasty, that's my home, hometown. Uh, no, I didn't know him. And no, most people don't have beards like that in that town. But, uh, but anyway, Nicky and I met in college. We, uh, we moved to Birmingham for three years. And then uh, we had our little son, Drew. Little bitty baby Drew. And, uh, you know, Nikki had, about a year earlier, said, you know, I've just been feeling like we're supposed to go home and help dad with the ministry. Her dad's a pastor in Michigan. And, uh, of course, at the time, I had a great job. I was making great money over six figures. And and, I I said, honey, people don't leave jobs like this, you know, to move uh, to... Past the Mason-Dixon line—that's what my papa said. Denver, moved past the Mason-Dixon line. And so, anyway, we uh, a year later, she said, "Has God spoke to you about moving?" I said, uh, "He had spoke to me, but I wasn't going to tell her that." And I said, "Well, I mean, you, you just don't leave this kind of job. That, that doesn't make any sense." And uh, she said, "Well, I know that God's spoken to you, and so I'm going to go on up there, and you can come if you want to." I guess I'll come. <laughs> and so uh, we got there. And after I got over my little baby uh, fit that I threw in the in the move, I knew it was right in my heart. And then, uh, you know, began to sit under the word, under her dad. Great word of faith teacher, pastor. And well, knew, uh, a prophet, you know, came in town and... I'm sitting, you know, uh, back there, um, you know, in the middle section, but, you know, two or three rows from the, from the back. And, and, he, and he comes over here and he says, you, yeah, you, come down here. And so I walked down and he said, you're about eight or nine years old. You had an experience with God. And then he began to read my, read my life to me. He said, I see hill tracks in the sand dragging you all the way to Michigan. And that's exactly what happened. Is, is God drug me up there and uh, dragged me up there, I should say. I probably, probably some people thought I was drugged to go up there. But, uh, but my point is, is that God brought in a man that was a man of God. That was called by God. That God showed my life to him. And then he was able to impart what God showed him to me. Well, of course, all the stuff he said, only God would have known some of the stuff. Because it was stuff that, you know, I had buried way down, you know. And um, he even said about Nikki and I that, that uh, you didn't choose her, she didn't choose you. God chose the both of you to be together. Well, years later, we went back and remembered that prophecy when things got tough. You know, but God showed a man those things, a man of God that was called by God. That's good. And Ephesians chapter 4, it says that, he gave gifts to men, verse 8. Verse 11 says, And he himself, talking about Jesus, gave some to be apostles, prophets, evangelists, some pastors and teachings for, teachers for the equipping of the saints. Turn to your neighbor and say, He's talking about you now. So, he, he refers to them as gifts for... The equipping of the saints. So what Brother Joseph was just talking about is, hey, I want you to to understand that you're the light, you know, and that you're equipped and that you can go out and encounter have encounters with people. Right. So in order for you to understand all this information and have the faith to do this, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word. And how shall they hear without a preacher? And so this is how God set up the church. And Jesus is the head of the church, and Jesus has appointed men men and women of God to lead the body of Christ so that God speaks to the man of God, the man of God relays that to the people of God, and the people go do the work of the ministry. So it's for the equipping of the saints for for the work of the ministry. Ministry is work. I got two amens there, and they're both pastors. (laughs) (laughs) Ministries work. You know, it requires a selfless life. For for people that are oftentimes not thankful for the work that you put in. You know, I think about uh, one time Nikki's dad went out of town and left me in charge and he was over in uh, Ukraine or Russia. Went over there eight times a year, and so here you're in charge. You preach Sunday. You got you got the you're you know you're in charge. Wow, you know I was a young minister. This is this is exciting. You know, get to preach. So I preach. I don't even I don't remember what I preach. What I do remember is I get a call around midnight one night because I'm in charge to come pick this guy up out of a ditch because uh, he was drunk. And so I find him. He ran from me. He he obviously didn't want help. He ran from me. I chased him down, tackled him, (laughs) grabbed him up, took him, you know, to, a, to our uh, bathroom in our house. And, uh, well, I didn't take him to the bathroom. I took him to our house. He said, can I go to the bathroom? He said, I said, yeah, go to the bathroom right there. He locks himself in the bathroom. And I'm hearing the window rustle. He's trying to climb out the window of our bathroom so he could run away. Well, he doesn't succeed in that. And so... Uh, I get in the bathroom, and I pop him one, and then he, you know, subdued himself. Well, also that week, a lady in church uh, was very sick, and... Uh, Dying of cancer, was it? Was it cancer or something? <laughs> something of something. But uh, she was holding on for her one daughter to get there. The rest of the kids were there. So she was holding on. Meanwhile, Nikki is holding this lady in her apartment. And uh, she's, you know, of breath. <laughs> you know. You can see her dying. Her daughter shows up. You know, she hugs her daughter. Love you, and this and that, and and then she goes on to be with the Lord. So they call the the uh, you know who do they call? The yeah, the coroner. I help carry her body out of the house to the the car or whatever they had, the vehicle, and then they drive off. When when Nikki's dad got back. I said, they don't pay you enough. I never want to do this again. I'm going back to my job. (laughs) Because you think about the life of a pastor. (laughs) For example, you know, every week, if they're a good pastor, which we have a good pastor, Every week every week he goes to hear from God what he should minister to the saints so that the saints can be equipped for the work of the ministry. But it also goes on to say, till we all come to the unity of faith, the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So God has commissioned... Jesus, the head of the church, has commissioned uh, men and women of God as gifts to the body of Christ so that the body of Christ can come to the full measure of Christ. And so most uh, good men and women of God take that very seriously. And so they go, and they they get before God. God, what would you have me? Then, then the Lord downloads something. They they uh, they get they they walk it out and pray it out. You know, over a course of days, and and this message is, is now burning on the inside of them. Uh, whether it be a, a a minister or a pastor or whoever. That goes before the Lord on behalf of the people to deliver the message that, uh, for that time and for that hour. But it's to grow up people, the saints, for the work of the ministry into the full stature. Verse 14 says this So that we should no longer be children, tossed to and fro. And carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. I would say that pastors, in particular, are probably under attack more than any other um, gift. Because they're weekly weekly trying to grow people up to to get the Word from God to grow people to the fullness of the stature of Christ now for me, growing up in the church, uh, even ha- having a call in my life as a little boy i I was hungry for the Word, and I wanted to be what God wanted me to be, whether that meant I was you know to pursue. Uh, business or ministry or whatever God had for me, I wanted to be I wanted to get everything he had for me and so when I came to church, I hung on to the words of the pastor because that word is what will change my life that word is what will grow me up that word uh, I've, I've gotten words sitting in church on just a regular old sunday that changed my life forever you know but i saw those those men of god when they when these men of god would come in i put a draw on their anointing that god had anointed them with i wanted everything that that god had put in them for me does that make sense and so we as saints can pull out the if it's hard to preach, I've been in places uh where it seemed like every word was just came out and dripped right down my chin. Then you may not get all that God put in that, that man of God for that for that day. And so uh there are many encounters in the Bible where, like, for example, the widow woman uh, with Elijah, where, where God had told this widow woman to take care of the man of God. And he came in, came in he said, well, give me something to eat. And she says, I'm, I'm about to make our last meal. And he says, feed me First. He says, feed me first to the widow woman who's about to make her last meal and die. Most people today would be like, oh, he's taking advantage of the widow. He's, you know, selfish, self-seeking. He's just going to take her meal and go on down the road, you know. But see, a man of God, understanding the principles of the word of God, knows that if someone gives, that they'll receive and so i learned tithing i learned giving i learned the principles of prosperity from a man of god called by god and you know what i took those applied them in my life and and it works it works i would get up and tell people give give as much as you can as often as you can because it works and it's not because I have anything to gain for it, from it. Sometimes people in church sit and think that the pastor's talking about giving again because, because the budget's down and we've got to pay the bills. Come on, that's what people think. I'm just being honest. I remember uh, Brother Joe told a story about... That he had a word of knowledge of two women that wanted to conceive, have kids, have a baby. And he said, if you will run down here right now, the Lord's going to touch you. One woman ran down. One woman got out of her seat and walked down. He prayed for both of them. The one that ran down conceived, the one that walked down did not conceive. What were the instructions from the man of God? Run. 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 See, we're coming back. We're coming into a time where this this holy desk, if you want to call it this. Where there has to be a draw, and an honor put on the office of this of this desk. Back to a time where kings of nations consulted priests to find out what they should do. Should we go to war? That's a time that we're, we're stepping into. And so, you know, you go overseas, people are... People, are so hungry and they're, they're honorable of the men of God that, that they encounter. I remember Dr. Sebel just recently told a story about how uh, he was late getting to this one crusade. And there was like 50,000 people at the crusade. They saw the car pulling in. These people had gotten there at nine o'clock in the morning for a, for an evening service just so they can get down close to, so that they can encounter. Really, what we're doing is we're encountering God. But God uses a man, like it or not. And so when they saw the car coming coming up, they they blockaded this thing so much where the, the car couldn't barely even get through. And they started chanting and and this this atmosphere was electric And that's how we ought to be every single time we step in this building. Is is this atmosphere should be charged with faith to receive what God has through the man of God whether that be Pastor Justin, Pastor Phil, Brother Joseph, Dr. Savell, You know, I travel with Dr. Savell, and, and the churches that we go into. And they're so honorable. They're so thankful he's here. What, what do we have to, you know, is everything okay? You know, if you ever want me to travel with you, I could, you know, and, and it's the people are hungry and they're drawing. Jesus said it. But he said, a prophet's not without honor except in his own country, among his own relatives, and his own household. Well, he's our apostle. and Well, he should be honored the most right here. And that should also be for our pastor. And I know he probably... Wouldn't, uh, unless God really told him to, I know he probably doesn't like this that I've, <laughs> that I've even been talking about him because he's so humble. Yeah. You're brother Eric. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> it, was, it was my pastor, Nikki's dad. You know, I've only had three pastors. In my life, I, I wasn't a church hopper. We were stable Christians. God planted us and we stayed. Something happened. We got over it and we forgave. <laughs> After all, isn't this what we're supposed to do as Christians is love and forgive? Forgive. Show me a perfect man of God, and I'll I'll show you Jesus. But it was it was my pastor that I learned how to how to tithe and how to give. And it was my pastor that I learned how to be a good husband and a good father. It was my pastor that I learned how to love, how to forgive. How to walk in love. It was my pastor that I learned how how to pray, and my prayer life, what that should be. Especially in America, we we tend to take it so casually. And so, what 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 men of God have done across America is, hey, you know, I'm just like you. Just call me Bob. You know, just just call me Jim. But God, I didn't call myself. Pastor Justin didn't call himself. Pastor Phil didn't call himself. I told God, I don't want to do this. I read that scripture as a, as a young boy, as a young man, that teachers would be judged more harshly. That's that scripture scared me. So it's a calling. It's a calling. The message translation says, a prophet is taken for granted in his his hometown and his family. And so Jesus didn't do many miracles there because of their hostile indifference. Their their casual indifference. And so what happens is people will say, well, we're not supposed to be man worshipers. But we've taken that. We've gone way over there with it. Not, not here. We do pretty good here. We do pretty, pretty good here. I'm, just, I'm giving you the state of the whole. In fact, uh, we're coming up big time here. We're coming up big time. But this is this is a, a a key for an atmosphere for miracles, for an atmosphere for for people being delivered of evil spirits. Let me tell you that that gets pretty ugly. If you hadn't ever seen that, and you see it, it, it gets pretty ugly and scary. You, you feel like you're watching a, a horror movie. But there's people that. We'll walk through these doors that need that. And there needs to be a prayed up, called man of God that can take care of it. It was through my encounter with a man of God that God anointed. And through that anointing broke things off my life. And in a moment, strongholds broke off. Where I'm talking about in a moment... I thought clearly now, and I could see the whole thing. Whereas I was deceived before, whereas I was seduced before. That was from a man of God, an encounter with a man of God that was anointed by God. And the anointing released through the man of God destroyed the yoke. He who receives a prophet in the name of a prophet will receive a prophet's reward. The centurion, y'all, y'all remember the story? He was so honorable that he's, Jesus said, "I will come in, and I will come and heal her." And the centurion said, "No, you know I'm not worthy that you come under my roof. Just speak the word. I'm also a man that's under authority." So the centurion knew what it was to be under authority. People cannot and will not grow to be a perfect man, to to a stature of the fullness of Christ, if they don't understand that Jesus Christ Himself has set up spiritual authority in His church. It's His church. He established it and he established the order and the authority that, that he put into place. Amen. Amen. Now that doesn't minimize any, anybody's, uh, uh, ministry as far as let's, let's say I'm Mr. Tony back there and, and I'm ushering ushering and I'm, I'm, a uh, you know, uh, Miss Tasha, Miss Hannah, and I'm helping with the with the children. That doesn't mean anybody's job in the church or uh, ministry in the church is less important than this, because the church is set up so that. God puts you in the church, the body, as He pleases. And then each member functions and has a different function, different parts, different functions. And they, and they do the work of Jesus. So it all comes together. He didn't set it up where we were supposed to come in and just sit. The fivefold gifts of the body were for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry. I've had I've had such great great encounters with men of God. One encounter wasn't anyone that would be considered anyone. But God showed him something in my life, and he laid hands on me, and whatever wrong thinking I had went like that. I've had, I mean, I learned the, 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 the principles of the Scriptures you understand? Like, like the stuff that changes your life, the, the Word. From encounters of men of God. So, I just want to encourage you. You know, it's important that we... Um, it says, especially those that, you know, rule over you. We don't, we don't like hearing that as saints. Let's talk about those that are in authority. You know that God has placed in authority. It says, count them worthy of double honor, and that honor is to put a draw on the on the anointing and the word that 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 minister has got before God to download so that he can deliver for the saints for healing for delivering for a for a path correction we will never come to the fullness of Christ if we don't receive correction i know people don't like to be corrected but I said it Sunday, whom the Lord loves, He chastens. And If you see somebody going off on a path and, and you don't correct them, we, what do we do? We just love them to hell? Is that such a thing? No, we, we, you know, if, you're, if, you're, if your child was running out in the street about to be hit by a car, Okay, honey, I, I love you. I wish you wouldn't do that. I love you. Whack. No, what would you do? Hey, watch out for the car. Hey, come back here. Let me tell you, I've had my course corrected in my life. I've had my chain jerked, so to speak. You know what, it hurts a little, but then it then it kind of feels good. <laughs> because we grow. Yeah. We grow. Yeah. There's growing pain sometimes, and we grow. So there's mercy, you know, there's grace, there's there's anointing so that we can come to the full measure the stature of Christ, and to do what He's called us to do. And that's going to take a body, a body that is working together. All the parts. Every function. Not envious of the person that my pinky doesn't wish to be my nose. But everybody's got their part. And everybody's got their function. And so does the gifts that Jesus put over the church. Would you stand before we dismiss tonight? Did you receive that? Just believe it's really important in the day that we live because Jesus said, the signs of the times, the first thing He says is, don't be deceived. So He's placed men of God in your life, in my life, so that we can be able to to, uh, navigate life without being deceived, seduced. But ultimately, you know what? (laughs) <laughs> hmm. well father would you uh, father would you we just thank you for this word tonight and let's just pray uh, just for a, I just want to make sure that if there's anything else that God wants to do tonight before we go